You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Uh, failed to recognize Seely. She is back from college. Freshman year completed. All right, good. So she is now a sophomore. And so anyway, welcome home. Good to see you here. Uh, I'm excited about the messages today uh, and tonight's message. If you have to choose between being here this morning or tonight, let me encourage you, be here tonight. I'm going to be speaking on the subject, uh, first things first. And so, no, just kidding. I'm waiting. I've teased about that quite often. I'm waiting for somebody just to stand up and walk out. Uh, but anyway, uh, here as we continue our series on under attack, we know that that's a reality. Academically, we know. We are, we are in a spiritual battle, and we can see it everywhere. We can see it not just in the world around us, we can see it in ourselves. Just think about all of the things that you know that you should be doing in your spiritual life and the battle that's there about doing it. There is a reality that we fight this old flesh. And the devil knows our besetting sins. He knows what they are. I hope you know what they are. I hope you are aware enough of yourself to recognize that there are things that you have a natural bent to. Because I'll tell you, if you don't know it, the devil does. And he is going to bring temptation and testing and trial. He is going to do whatever he can to trip you up. We're under attack. Our, our verses here, uh, Ephesians 6, 10 to 12. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are under attack. Uh, we looked at the spiritual warfare week one. We looked at uh, the religious relevancy week two. Last week, we looked at the under attack in the family. And this morning, I want to speak to you on the subject. We are under attack. A fight for focus. A fight for focus. I have new glasses. Praise the Lord. I can actually see you. And that's a, most of the time, that's a blessing. Uh, but no, I can, I can see again. It is, it really is amazing. And uh, being able to uh, look out and not have, uh, trying to fight through which, uh, which part of my glasses to look through. And the prescription was so far out of date uh, that I wasn't doing well. So I'd take my glasses off and put them back on. And, and I was doing this number back and forth throughout the services. Uh, now it is a habit. And I've got to fight that uh, so I don't just keep pulling my glasses off. I'll end up breaking them. Uh, even though they, there's nothing wrong, I can actually see. But there is something about focus, being able to see 
with clarity. There's something about focus being able to draw your attention to a certain point. And when it comes to the Christian life, the devil is trying to keep us from being focused. When it comes to our faith, the devil does not want you to be focused. You know, the devil doesn't mind you coming to church. The devil doesn't mind you doing good things. But what the devil does mind is you being a committed follower of Christ. He does not want you to be committed. And you will not be committed without focus. We will never get to a place of committed fellowship or being a committed disciple of Christ on accident. It will happen not just because you are a member of Bible Baptist Church. It will not happen because you, uh, you come to church. Uh, it is not going to happen because you try to put some good things into your life. You will become a committed follower of Christ only when you have a focal point and you are committed. There is a focus. And the devil, he wants to get us looking at so many other good things that we are not focused on him. A fight for focus. And let's pray this morning. Father, I pray that you would take this truth and help us to apply it to our lives. I pray that you would help all of us, uh, myself included, to just draw a circle around ourselves. And may the Spirit of God uh, just help us see exactly where we are at. I am looking at a group of people that many uh, have faithfully followed and served you decade after decade. Uh, but Lord, we're in a spiritual battle. We are, uh, we, we are under attack and the devil is wanting to cloud our vision. He is trying to distract us uh, with different things in this world to, to get us off track from following you. And I pray that you would help us to realize that there is a fight for our focus and we have got to be on guard in this area. So help us now, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. Here we look at Matthew chapter 6, and I want you to follow along with me. Matthew 6, 31 to 33. The Bible says, Therefore take no thought, uh, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Focus is not a word you will find in your Bible. But focus is something, it is a principle that you will find in your Bible. It is a biblical principle, it is not a biblical word. Uh, our focus determines our priorities and our, our priorities establish our actions. Let me say that again. Our focus determines our priorities and our priorities establish our actions. What we are focused on is going to determine what we do. 
It is going to determine the direction that we go. Uh, years ago, we had one of our teenagers that had gotten his license, and a uh, good young man. Uh, he, he was just a, a great young man. His name was Donnie, and Donnie was driving down 176th Street in his parents' car, and as he was driving down 176th Street, uh, his, uh, he dropped a CD, and when he dropped the CD, it went down right there on the, the hump of the, where the transmission comes through, and uh, he was holding on to the, the steering wheel, but when he reached down to grab it, he went right into the ditch. Now, praise the Lord, he didn't get hurt, and the car uh, didn't get totaled, but it definitely had thousands of dollars of work on it to get it fixed. And, and Donnie found himself in a ditch, not because he wanted to go in the ditch. He didn't find himself in the ditch because he was purpose, purposefully going the wrong direction. What happened was he lost his focus. And you know what? The direction that we look, that's the direction that we're going to go. That's why it's so important for us to be guarded on what we allow as influences in our life. Because the devil, he is always trying to get our attention. He is, he is throwing out all these lights. He is trying to captivate our attention. And, and if he can get us off track, if he can get us not looking at where we need to be going, he can create a devastation in our life. He can create tragedy. He can create uh, turmoil and heartache uh, in our life. And, and we can find ourselves in a place of wreck simply because we lose our focus. When I first started driving, my mom, uh, she would tell me uh, to, to look down the road. And I'm like, Mom, I gotta see right in front of the car. She said, no, don't look right in front of the car. Uh, and I'm like, well, I gotta make sure I'm inside the lines. And she said, listen, if you will look down the road, the lines will take care of themselves. And she was right. You see, our peripheral vision will take care of all these immediate things if we are looking down the road. You know, if we have our focus right and we are looking down the road, we have our eyes on Christ, what we are going to find is we're going to miss all kinds of things. The devil is trying to get our attention to where we will, we will end up in a wreck in our life. Uh, the, the, uh, verse, uh, the verses that we find, the principle of, of focus, uh, we see a word in the Bible called passion. Passion is a word uh, that uh, is used referencing the Lord. Acts chapter 1 verse 3, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion. Talking about Christ. What was it? The Lord, his passion was that he set his face like a flint to the cross. Uh, he was going to the cross. He had a focal point. He knew where he was going. And his passion was to accomplish that task that God had given to him. James 5, 17. Elias was a man uh, subject to like passions as we are. Yet he, and he prayed earnestly. A passion is a word that is uh, that references that, uh, that focus. Affection is another word. Colossians 3, 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. Another word that we see in the Bible, the word zeal. Uh, Galatians 4, 17 and 18, they zealously affect you, but not well. Yea, they would exclude you that ye might affect them, but it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. You see, people without focus are people who will not succeed in their faith. 
faith, and there are people who will not succeed in their life. Focus is necessary for success in this world. And you and I have got to have this area, this thing called focus. James 1.8 said this. He said, but a, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What is he saying? A person who is not focused. He's double-minded. He is all over the place. God says that person is unstable in all his ways. Uh, we cannot be that way. We have to be focused. Our faith cannot be something that is just added to our life. The Bible says Christ who is our life. He has to be our focus. We have to keep our focus on him. Genesis 49, 4, unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. Uh, the Bible says, uh, and uh, here, what do we find? We find that Reuben uh, was, was condemned by his dad. He was, he, was, uh, he was called out for his instability, and, and, and his dad said, you will not excel because you're as unstable as water. You have no boundaries. You're not focused. You know what? Water is very powerful when it's focused. It's very powerful when it has boundaries. But when there is no boundary, the power is removed. So this morning, I have an acronym for you for the word focus. The word focus. And as we look at this acronym here and we look at focus, what I think we will find is that if we get focused and we apply it to our faith, but not just our faith, this focus, the same focus will help our family. This whole focus, it will help our finances. This, this area of focus, it will help every aspect of our life. It will help our careers. It will help every area of our life. But this is a biblical principle that will help us stay on track for the Lord. So we're gonna look at this, a fight for focus. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. God will not be second to any of his creation. Think about that. God will be second to no one, to nothing within his creation. We go back to Exodus chapter 20, verses one to five. And we see the Ten Commandments here. And God said that I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. For time's sake, I'm not going to read all the verses. Uh, when, we, when we look here and then uh, look at, uh, uh, just jot these verses down, Exodus 34, 14, Deuteronomy 4, 24. God will be second to nobody. God is a jealous God. And if we are in our life going to be focused and we are going to be focused on the Lord, then it will impact everything else. But we have to be focused on him. He will not be second to a spouse. Amen. He will not be second to a child. 
just got quiet. How can we're more, more agreeance that God won't be second to a spouse? God will not be second to a spouse. God will not be second to a child. God will not be second to a job. God will not be second to a hobby. God deserves first place. He did not say, but seek ye second the kingdom of God. He, he did not say, thou shalt love thy job with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with all thy mind, with all thy strength. That's not what he said. We're to love him first. So here, when we look at this, the world and the things of this world, they are alluring. They are enticing. They are trying to get our attention. Now, I'm looking at that clock back there, and I will get to the message. When President Trump was our president, and I wasn't happy with all the texts that he would send out and all the tweets that he would put out, but one thing that I recognized very quickly is he would throw something out over here just to get everybody's attention, and he was appointing judge after judge after judge after judge after judge. He'd throw something else out and get everybody's attention, and then he'd get jobs and things done over here and over there and making peace treaties and uh, reworking uh, different uh, agreements. And it was amazing how much uh, he got accomplished. You know what? President Trump wasn't smarter than the devil. He throws things out to get our attention, to get us off track. He is, he is trying to captivate our attention so we will not have focus. So several things. When we look at this uh, acronym for focus. First of all, uh, I want you to see the F. It stands for faith. Your faith. Uh, without faith, Hebrews eleven six. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That diligently seeking him is showing that there is focus. You will not diligently seek something without focus. And here, you and I, we need to have focus. And our faith ought to be on the top of our list. Why? Because it is how we know know God. It is the summation of our belief system, uh, the word of God, how God has manifested himself to us. That's what we, we look at. Faith is not just the action of belief. It is the whole system uh, of our belief. And, and here, when we look at our focus, our faith ought to be our focus. We ought to look at our faith. Everything needs to come secondary to our faith. Uh, our actions, our activities, our engagements, all of the things that are clamoring for our time, we, we should look at them first and foremost and say, is this within my faith? Is this going to cause me to have to set my faith down to engage in this? And if we, if we are doing that, then our faith is not first. So our focus, first of all, our faith. 
Secondly, others. Others. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So what does that tell me? That God has to be first, others need to be second. God first, others second. You know, you and I, we are, we are not to live for ourselves. Do you know why we are in such financial messes so many times? It's because we are making decisions about what we want, our own desires, the marketers, uh, the, uh, the salespeople. They have, they have gotten our attention. Uh, we, have, we have bought into all of that, and it's affected and impacted our lives in such, such a, an amazing way, a devastating way. But we need to focus on others. So focus first on our faith, secondly on others. Uh, I think about the Good Samaritan. Just write the verses down. Luke chapter number 10, verses 25 through 37. We see the Good Samaritan there that focus on others. Thirdly, I want you to see commitment. Commitment. Love and commitment to Christ above everything and above all others. Commitment. Luke chapter 14, verse 26 to 27. It says, if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now just stop and think about that. The Lord was putting himself above every other relationship. Now that's hard. I can't, the love that I have for my, my wife, the love that I have for my family, that's such a, it's a hard realm. But what God's saying is I will be second to none. And you and I, our love for him should be so much greater that our love for anybody else would appear to be hate. He's not telling us to hate our, our spouses and our parents and our children. He's just saying that the love that we should have for him should, should excel every other love of every other relationship. Luke 14, So likewise, whosoever be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Uh, there has to be commitment. If you and I are gonna have focus, there has to be commitment. Amen. Commitment. He said, well, pastor, I, I'm committed. I'm here. What about everything else? There's a filter that we have to view our life in and through. If I put on yellow glasses, you would all be yellow. My shooting glasses are yellow. And there is, it brings in more light, but with that, everything has a tint of yellow to it. And the same thing in life. We have to view everything through this, our focus on our faith, on others, our commitment to Christ. Thirdly, what should that focus be? Unity. Unity. God hates division. 
God hates division. You know, whether, whether we're in here or whether online, you know, our posts ought not be divisive. Amen. Don't get quiet on me. We'll just stay here. God wants unity. He expects unity. Uh, when I think about this passage of Scripture uh, with unity, uh, Ephesians 4, 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You and I, we should be, we should be unified according to the leading of the Spirit of God. He is, not, he is not trying to create division. Ephesians 4.13, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Uh, Psalm 144 uh, and verse number one, blessed be the Lord, my strength, with strength which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers uh, to fight. That wasn't the verse. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it's where uh, the Lord said that is uh, how, yes, how good it is for brethren to dwell in unity. Psalm 140, I believe, maybe 141. Uh, but uh, w that was the uh, years ago. I was uh, uh, at a junior convention, ACE convention uh, camp, and uh, Paul Michael, your brother, he was preaching, and that was the text. He was probably 10 years old at the time, and he was preaching uh, how good it is uh, uh, for brethren to dwell together in unity. God wants us to dwell in unity. You see, we need to be focused. The devil is going to try to cause division. He is the one. Only by pride cometh contention, the Bible says. And he is going to do what he can to stir things up. He is going to do what he can to uh, create division. You and I need to be focused, recognizing that the devil is after unity. If he can divide the church, he can stop the, co the commission from being followed. He almost did right here. He almost did. We are not exempt. Unity of the believer is the responsibility of every one of us. And we need to be not only recognizing and be focused on unity ourselves, we also need to recognize when somebody else is stirring up strife to call them on it and stop it so there isn't division within the body. Uh, we need to make sure that we have focus. And so here we look at faith and we look at others and we look at commitment and we look at unity. Lastly, I want to look at sanctification. Sanctification. Sanctification is a topic that nobody wants to hit because it affects how we live. Holiness. God said, be ye holy, for I, the Lord thy God, am holy. God wants us to be sanctified. The devil wants us to be dirty. He knows that God is not going to use a dirty vessel. You go into the kitchen, you grab a glass, 
and you have, you have someone, a guest in your home, and you grab the glass and you look at it and there's a big chunk of egg on the inside of that glass. Eh, the glass will still hold water. You fill it up and hand it to your, your guest. Would you do that? But we think God should ignore the dirt in our life. We would not give something to somebody else that was spotted, something that was dirty. And God's people are hobnobbing in the world, acting like the world, living like the world, shacking up, living immorally, living according to the, the actions of, of the flesh. And, and we see that, that God is a holy God. And he says, listen, you have to have focus. And sanctification is part of that process. It's holiness. And you're not holy. And I'm not holy when we are living according to the guidelines of this world. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. And I will receive you. He says, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you and will be a father unto you. What is he saying? Is he saying that if you are not living a clean life that he has get, gotten rid of us? No, what he is saying is, I will act as a loving father to you when you are living holy. You know, when your kids are disobedient, and fighting and arguing. You're not taking them out to Dairy Queen for ice cream. But when they are doing right, there are a lot of extra blessings that come. Let me tell you something. God is a better heavenly father than we are earthly parents. And there are things that we are sacrificing in our lives. There is influence that, that we have eliminated because we are living according to the flesh. And if we are going to be focused, then we are going to have to be sanctified. Now, I don't have time to go through all that means. But what one thing that it does mean is that we are set apart for God's use. We're not set apart to fulfill the lust of our flesh. And we cannot say that we are following him when we are walking in darkness. The Bible says, ye lie and do not the truth. So, focus. There's a fight for focus. And the devil wants to get us sidetracked. And however he chooses to work, and each of us have different besetting sins that he is going to be attacking us. But let me tell you, he wants to destroy us, but we have the opportunity to have victory. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. There is victory that's ours. And each of us, we have the opportunity to serve the Savior. One of these days, night is coming. Night's coming when no man can work, the Bible says.
And when that day comes, we will not have another opportunity to serve our Savior out of a free will. We have that opportunity right now. Do you know what Bible Baptist Church needs? It needs focus. Do you know what each and every one of us need in our life? We need focus. Focus. And as we focus, we recognize that we need to elevate our faith. Our faith, our trust in God. Recognizing Him as first and supreme in our life. And as we do that and we follow this little acronym, it will help us to succeed. You know, I want to get to the end of my, my race. The Apostle Paul said, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. You know, I want, I want to not just run right now, I want to finish. I want to get to the end of the race that God has set before me. And you want to get at the end of that, to the end of that race. Let's be focused. A fight for focus. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Lord, you know the, the needs of each and every one that's here this morning. I pray that you would help us, Lord, as we think about what you have done and, and how you have uh, given us opportunity to serve. I pray that you would help us, Lord, to have focus in our life. May we uh, look into our own priorities. May we look into the uh, life that we are living. And Lord, the areas that you put your finger on, I pray that you would help us uh, to uh, make the changes that need to be made. And so I pray that you would work in the hearts of each person and help us this morning, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments play. Let me get that, that group to come. Uh, we're going to sing that song again. But if God spoke to your heart, I want you to uh, deal, do business with the Lord this morning. The altars are open or make an altar out of your seat. But let's respond to how the Lord would want us uh, to respond this morning. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.